0: and welcome to Beckett Talks, the new podcast from Leeds Beckett University. In these podcasts we'll be showcasing our diverse community of students and academics, touching on the important themes that surround universities today. And today's episode is around experts in isolation, brought to you by Dr Gareth Jowett, Senior Lecturer in Sports and Exercise Psychology at the Carnegie School of Sport here at Leeds Beckett University. I hope you enjoy it.
1: Here we take a look back on a series of conversations I had with experts in isolation. Their experiences were wide ranging from diving the depths and becoming trapped in flooded caves, being alone in the wilds of Northern Canada, spending months offshore on oil rigs, captaining fishing vessels off the coast of Alaska, and postings in Antarctica. As part of their candid recounting of their experiences, They also provided some fascinating insights into how they cope with extreme, often isolated circumstances, which may help us manage not only the lockdown, but life in general as we move forward into the new normal. We start by hearing from Josh Bratchley, MBE, on his experience of becoming trapped in a flooded cave in Mill Pond Cave, Flynn's Lick, Tennessee, in April of 2019.
2: In terms of isolation um, in particular, Yes, the, the, the incident in Tennessee in April 2019, where I, I ended up uh, stuck on the wrong side of a flooded passage uh, in a small air chamber uh, for 27 hours, that, um, that was, as far as um, isolation goes, quite extreme. Uh, no access to the outside and uh, on your own as well, um, with essentially no resources um, so a little bit of a survival situation. Fortunately, I was uh, rescued from that situation, but uh, the 27 hours were, were quite long. Uh, they certainly felt quite long. I had no uh, real uh, indicator of time apart from my dive computer, which I could look at to to, to kind of check it, although i I didn't really make a point of doing that too much because um, I was aware that it could be quite a while. Yeah, that, that's probably my, my main experience with extreme isolation on an, an unexpected level.
1: In terms of that experience, Josh, how did it kind of come about? You know, at what point did you realise you were in trouble?
2: So cave diving's got a lot of principles and a lot of, of rules that you need to abide by. Um, hence uh, the extensive training that cave divers undertake uh, to safely uh, do it as a hobby. Um, one of those primary rules is uh maintain connection with the the dive line and for a variety of reasons unfortunately it, it does happen uh, occasionally that, that divers do lose connection with that line with with varying outcomes um so w- when that happens um that that is that is a big problem and needs to be needs to be rectified and and there's a whole new set of of risks and problems and hazards that um that kind of develop from uh, losing connection with your with your dive line. Your dive line connects you to the surface at all times. It, it's your way out. Um, if you imagine like um, when you walk into a complex building, uh, certain hospitals, for instance, they have uh, painted lines on the floor, and you follow those lines to certain departments, etc. Um, essentially, what your dive line is, you you stick to that, and it'll you know if you turn around and follow it back out, you'll get back to the exit. Um, and losing connection with that is a big problem. So that was when I realised that things were not going to plan, and after that it was just a series of um, a series of attempts to analyse the situation and reassess it. And um, when it continued to not be uh, ideal, like the ideal situation would be I, I'd find the line again and I'd exit the cave. When that didn't happen, I then had to find uh, other ways to uh, not drown, basically, um, and. One of those was to surface into a part of the cave that I knew to have airspace.
1: Clearly, as Josh pointed out himself later in our conversation, his situation and the lockdown weren't directly comparable. Certainly his circumstances were more acutely threatening and stressful. However, it struck me when he described losing his dive line that this constituted a metaphor for how many of us may have felt at the start of the lockdown. One, in terms of our regular routines and plans being immediately halted or at least severely disrupted. And two, for the loss of the connection with others, at least outside of our own homes, that we may have taken for granted pre-lockdown. Next, we hear from biologist and naturalist Susie Hamlin on how the company of others can sometimes make the experience of isolation worse.
3: I'd say that the, um, you know, I when i first started coming to alaska it was 1999 and it was to work as a biologist on commercial fishing boats and so i wasn't alone on a boat obviously there were fishermen um usually about five crew sometimes um a little bit more um but usually it was a small crew but we were isolated in the bering sea or the gulf of alaska and um, sometimes some, you know, not the nicest weather conditions. But you're kind of isolated in another way because you're, um, I was often the only woman on the boat, but also I was separate from the crew. I was not part of the fishing crew. I was there as an observer collecting data that, that was used by the government to regulate that fishery. And so, the level of welcome was uh, different. It sometimes very it was very positive, but um, in general, you, you know, you're not really part of the team, so you're a little bit isolated sometimes out there. And if it was a like a, a unfriendly team, then you were you could feel very isolated. The Carnegie School of
0: Sport at Leeds Beckett University is one of the largest providers of sport in UK higher education. Recently investing 45 million in a new home for sport, the new building provides world-class sporting facilities and also acts as a hub for elite athletes, sports and industry partners. With courses in sport, exercise and health sciences, physical education, sports management and sports coaching, the school takes an interdisciplinary approach to teaching and research, enabling the students to graduate with the skills needed to succeed in an evolving sport and physical activity industry. So if any of these subjects interest you, go to leadsbecket.ac.uk forward slash C-S-O-S for more information.
1: The potential for isolation despite living in close quarters with others and the risk of restricted circumstances underpinning conflict was something picked up on by two of my other guests. First, in the next clips we hear from personality researcher and former Alaskan fishing vessel captain, Dr. Jennifer Pickett, about the potential for small spaces to elevate tension. And then from isolated and extreme environments researcher, Dr. Nathan Smith, who offers some guidance on how to prevent and manage conflict.
4: One of the bigger challenges actually is the personalities that, that you're working with, um, 'Cause often, you know, the, the skipper's doing the hiring and, and he or she hires by skill, not by uh, values or matches and personalities. And and there's always one, you know, that it's, it's really um, makes things uh, difficult. Um, so for example in, in, in Bristol Bay, um, that fishery is maybe about six weeks long and there's five people on a thirty-two foot boat, which is I think eight and a half meters. So um, that gets really small really quick. <laughs>
5: yeah.
4: Um, and, and tempers kind of flare after after a while. So that gets challenging. But you just have to kind of endure because your main job is to is to catch fish um, and pick them out of the net and put your personal differences aside, you know, and, and try to remember your main goal. We're
1: all kind of confined to fairly close living quarters with our families at the moment. So. Um, Obviously we've got that kind of inherent sense of belonging to differing degrees uh, in various families and uh, is there anything that you know can maybe enhance that that you've found in, in your work and um, anything that might help people support one another when living in close quarters
6: yeah I, I guess the, probably one of the really important bits is if if you're not used to being even if you're you know you're with your partner and you've, you' live with them and you live with them for a long time you might not be that used to being cooped up with them. For 24 hours a day um, so it could be a good opportunity to establish some kind of ground rules that might be a, a good first kind of thing to try and do is just you know figure out what what's going to work for you as your little team um, mm. in this situation I think some of it's going to be about expectation management so we've heard a lot about using like digital technology to maintain connection to other people um, but it's about using that sensibly and you know getting persistent FaceTime calls from people can be quite wearing so it might be about setting some like ideas around when's a good time to call and and when might be a time to avoid and that sort of thing. Um, If you're living with people and you're stuck in quite a small space then practicing self-restraint is quite a good thing um, in terms of the, the way you communicate so there will probably be some things that get on your nerves about each other. Um, and, and you might have already figured those out a long time ago, but some of them might be quite new. Um, yeah. So, so for in that, in that related to that point, it's about trying to minimize the, the likelihood that conflict occurs. Um, if conflict does occur, it's trying to think, trying to maybe bite your tongue and revisit it when you're a bit calmer and, and have a conversation about it. Um, I've, I've seen some really good examples recently um, where people have like a safe word so they as in their little couple at home um, so that they don't have to kind of feel embarrassed and backtrack and apologize they can activate the safe word um, I think the one I saw was Cuban Missile Crisis um, so either of the people could say Cuban Missile Crisis and the conflict would end um, right. and they, it also served as a good reminder that things could be worse so um, uh, uh, there's, there's these little kind of tips and tricks that people are using to sort of maintain that kind of interpersonal relationship, which is obviously going to be really important.
1: Alongside the need to become accustomed to close quarters, at the beginning of the lockdown there was also a need to cope with a personal sense of isolation. In these next clips we hear first from Nathan again, followed by weather forecaster Reed Morrison on the importance of routine as a way to help manage the situation.
6: I suppose on the strategy side, um, what would we suggest? Well, there, there are a few things that we kind of pinpointed. So, trying to establish new routines and trying to get into routines can be really helpful. Um, so they provide sort of structure in the day. Um, and we hear that from you know, a friend of mine who was a submariner and a commanded submarines in the Navy for, for 20 years. Um, but he very clearly said is that the thing that helps adjust that
5: environment is, is the routine and knowing mm-hmm. when to happening, um, that brings us into control. So yeah, from a from an offshore point of view, um, and also the other place I've been to be honest, one of the things that always was quite lucky is that it was always a routine to the day. Um, so breakfast, lunch, dinner would all be served at the same time. Um, sort of really made it easy to sort of base your day around those things. Um, so certainly now working from home and uh, trying to keep that sort of similar sort of thing going really, um, making sure we're having breakfast at the same time, making sure we're stopping for lunch like you would do normally um if you were working for an office or um at university and then also just keeping sort of the dinner time similar as well. I've also found that just having sort not just a set routine for the day is important but also try and keep your weeks fairly similar. Um so it's sort of like offshore, I must admit the food was absolutely terrible. But every Sunday they do pizza and chips. So you sort of look forward to that Sunday. Sort of, and you'd have that sort of keep that seven day cycle going, so it kept the week sort of almost normal to a certain extent. Um, Otherwise, if you don't have a sort of routine job or you're not able to work from home, you can find the days just sort of merge into one and you lose track um, of what the day it is, to be honest. Um, Offshore, you used to be able to judge it based on the football being on a Saturday or the pizza on a Sunday, so you had that sort of day when you knew something would be on. Whereas now, with no sport, it's sort of if you're in a position where you're not finding yourself able to work from home or you've got a lot of time on your hands trying to keep track of, sort of those days are hard. Um, So maybe even just set yourself sort of every Saturday, have your favourite meal or um, make sure you have a Sunday roast on a Sunday, um, just to keep that sense of a week going as well. As well as the restrictions and disruption that lockdown caused,
1: it's also provided a space for creativity, trying new things. In getting around to tasks that we may have been meaning to do for a long time. Here's Read again, followed by Susie on the opportunity provided by the changing circumstances.
5: In Antarctica, I tried to teach myself how to edit films, um, download some software before I went down there with that intention in mind. Um, Helen's currently in my wife, currently trying to learn how to weave. Um, so hopefully i have quite a lot of artwork dotted around the house, no doubt, in three months' time. Um, so yeah, just sort of good time to try and pick up that sort of skill or learn something that you've always wanted to do. Um I noticed loads of different resources online that are opening themselves up to being free as well. So I think I so saw the Open University has a lot of online courses that they've made available for nothing um, during this time, sort of including languages and sort of sciences and um, more of the art stuff as well. Um, so yeah, take take the opportunity. to Teach yourself something new. Teach yourself something that you've not quite had the time to do um, before because life's been a bit too busy.
3: Having some ability to ground yourself is important in in any kind of confined space where you can't you know walk out the door and get away. Um, that the so for some people it's yoga. I understand a lot of people um are are trying to embrace meditation. You know, maybe they've tried in the past and, you know, people are sort of engaging in these things. And I, but I think the key to it all is to try to have these moments um, where you're not connected with technology, whether it's you're out, you know, you're you're meditating in your garden or uh, you don't have your phone. You're not, you know, you're not taking photos of yourself while you're doing it. Um, Uh, just disengaging from that so that you're more in the moment and I think for people that are contained and in small spaces where they really can't get out in nature at all, um, knowing what they need to do to ground, like for some people it's um, baking, you know, like making bread, something as sort of um, hands-on where they're really like doing something where they're in the moment. You know, whether it's meditation or yoga or baking bread or gardening.
1: While providing potential opportunities, later in the conversation with Susie, we also touched upon the importance of not letting potential opportunities become a heavy burden in terms of unrealistic expectations of productivity. The risk of unrealistic expectations is something neatly captured by Gordon Flett and Paul Hewitt in an article published in the Journal of Concurrent Disorders, on the risk of the pandemic and associated lockdown for perfectionists recently in the journal psychological trauma theory research practice and policy alison holman and emma grisham highlighted that the collective trauma of covid 19 has led to our perception of time being distorted typically feeling as though everything has slowed down along with uncertain future expectations the issue of time perspective and how people might manage such distortions was something we picked up on with Nathan Smith.
6: I mean, you're probably familiar with the, the literature on like time perspective theory and the idea of like future time perspective and from a motivational standpoint, you know, researchers studying this in daily life would say having a future time perspective is really healthy. You know, it helps guide our goal pursuit and, and gives us something to to project towards where we want to be in the future. What we find in, in these extreme places is actually that future time perspective can be quite, um, it can pose some difficulties and create some problems in terms of, you know, you're, you're at the start of this very overwhelming, overwhelmingly large task. And if you're skiing across Antarctica, for example, and you might be there for a hundred days thinking about the end when you're at the very beginning is maybe quite demotivating, um, so the thing that we hear often with these kind of long-term deployments to extreme places is focus on today, focus on the next few hours, the next the next day and maybe the next week um, and plan for that and try not to get pulled too far into the future because when, when there is a lot of uncertainty, we can project forwards but we don't really know what's going to happen. And, and actually by bringing our time perspective um, a bit closer, it, it creates a bit more control because we can we can control more what's going to happen in the next few hours than we can in the next month or the next two months.
1: Clearly, how we perceive time, how we manage the initial lockdown, and indeed how we will continue to cope and live with the new normal is going to differ to some extent based on our personal characteristics. The importance of personality is something that Jennifer highlights in this next clip.
4: And it's going to be more difficult for... People, you know, some people than, than others. Um, I study personality as well. And, and, you know, one thing, one of the personality traits that we look at is openness and people who are high in openness are, are, are open, you know, a variety of things, uh, things, the unknown and uncertainty and, and creativity and, you know, things changing on a regular basis and, um, people who are low in openness, like things very scheduled and, and, um, maintain that schedule. And, um, yeah, so I think that. It kind of depends on, on your personality, how, how well you handle the, the unknown, I guess.
1: Personality, then, clearly has an influence in shaping our perception of the COVID crisis and associated circumstances. However, regardless of our personal characteristics, we are likely to experience fluctuating emotions. And as Reid points out in this next clip, it's particularly important to acknowledge this during this time. Yeah, I think
5: it's important to remember, I think I certainly learned it from being away for extended amounts of time that it will get hard at points. Um, You will probably go through a point where you're feeling a bit down and don't necessarily want to talk to anyone about it. But um, things do generally get better. Um, Everyone is expected to have those low points, however strong you think you are. So there we have it, folks.
1: A summary of the conversations that I was very fortunate to have with some experts in isolation. My thanks to Joshua, Susie, Reid, Jennifer and Nathan for their time, recounting their experiences and providing their insights. We heard from them about how to manage a wide range of circumstances, some of which share similarities with the lockdown we're facing. They highlighted the need to acknowledge ups and downs and that these may be more pronounced given the current circumstances They also highlighted the importance of routine, the opportunities that a change in circumstances may offer, how to prevent and manage conflict and how understanding our own personalities can be useful. These insights I hope provide us with some useful strategies to help cope with the collective trauma of COVID-19 and indeed the transition to a new normal. If you'd enjoyed the podcast, you can watch the full conversations by visiting my YouTube channel just search Gareth Jowett YouTube where you'll also find links in the descriptions of the videos to relevant resources such as the articles that I mentioned during the podcast. Many thanks for listening.
0: Today, Leeds Beckett Research Community is delivering innovative multidisciplinary research helping to address some of the most pressing challenges we face today. Across a range of disciplines, our researchers are striving to improve quality of life, equality and the environment around us we are dedicated to making a difference and our research pages showcase the real world impact taking place at the university you can find out more at leeds forward slash transform and if you've enjoyed hearing about the research at leeds beckett university subscribe to our channel and listen out for more of our beckett talks research podcasts